Gather your gear. It's time to head out for our road trip across America that will scare your pants off. Along the way, with your hosts, you'll be setting up camp in some of the scariest places they can find. Discover each episode a cryptid, a haunting, and a strange encounter. Climb aboard a cryptid camper if you're brave enough. Take it away, Shay. Live from our cryptid camper, I'm Shay, and I'm here with my good friend Tom. And we'd like to thank you for joining us for Season 1, Episode 3 of Scare Your Pants Off, our American road trip. In today's episode, we're setting up camp in Alaska. How are you doing today, Tom? I am awesome. How are you? I'm really, really, really good. I got got engaged. Yes, so cool. I was uh, I was so excited when you uh, you sent me that text, and then I saw you guys made it uh, social media official uh, a couple of days ago too. So yep. so now you know it's really real. But uh, yeah, no, that's so totally awesome. real now. <laughs> yes, yes. But now that it's on the internet, we all know it's real. So that's it. Um, it's happened. So awesome congratulations um and i i heard you did it at a really cool place yeah so i'm a, i'm obviously i won't say obviously because not everyone knows me but i'm a i'm a horror movie fanatic so anything horror related i'm really all about it and i live in massachusetts so he took me to borderland state park specifically to the cabin where uh, in shutter island um, Leonardo DiCaprio was filmed killing his wife. So it's pretty, it's pretty perfect actually. Um, yeah, it's, it's great scene from a great movie and it, you know, made it all that much, all that much cooler now. So that's cool. That is so cool. And he knows you what a perfect place to do it. I mean, I've been knowing you that's oh so awesome. Congratulations again. That's, uh, Thank you. that's great. What have you been doing? Just work a lot. It's um, but you know, summers are busy time, and it's just like overtime, basically every day, and stuff. Um, we should be slowing down a little bit soon. Like it's just a, by slowing down, I mean just not overtime every day. You know, where or or mandatory overtime every day. Which will be good because I'm just tired between the hours of work and nights and um and then just ten hour days every day. I'm just yeah, I'm let it, I'm ready for a little break. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't do too much besides that. <laughs> it's like I feel like my, my whole life is work now. So but fall is yeah. here or autumn is here. So that usually means slowing down, plus my favorite time of year it just I love the weather it cools down and i get to wear my hoodies again and uh so it should be good in the in the fall what about you anything new besides uh obviously the big thing but oh the big thing you know the big yeah. facebook official thing um no i really other than that nothing much i'm i'm super excited for fall i'm i'm both fed up with our summer and uh even the yeah. straggling humid day that we had was enough um very excited for the fall though I love Halloween and you know it's it's good. It's gonna be a lot cooler, hopefully. Yes, I agree. It's been it was a brutal summer here on the East Coast. It mm-hmm. was just just the humidity was just off the charts. So yeah. 
So I'm really excited to talk about Alaska today. So how do you feel? You want to dive on in? Yes. So I um I'm so excited. I had so much fun researching this. I um you know I did started basically right after we did uh no actually even before uh we had done a few of the other shows I had started researching it and um you know for Alaska I get to do the cryptid and the strange encounter and I'll tell you what it was so tough picking one time for the cryptid there's just so many good cryptids and so many strange encounters in Alaska it, that it was uh yeah I'm really really excited for it so and I know cryptids are your thing so I hope I do it justice because I there was a lot to go from and I had a real tough time which one to actually go with and I'm, I'm gonna just kind of briefly mention the others that uh, that I uh that I liked but uh there was I, I finally decided on one so I uh, I think awesome. you're gonna like it so I'm excited. The Alaska, the the cool uh, Alaska, you know, Inuits, na the uh, the Native Americans from that area. So a lot of their cryptids come from that sort of folklore, the Inuit legends, and they have, I mean, they have their Alaska Bushmen, or they would call them Tornets, and that yeah. that was just essentially a Bigfoot. That's you know. Um, then they had, let's see, the uh, the the Tizarek. It's a large snake-like creature that uh, roam the uh, roam the Alaskan waters. And just a quick description: I'm not going to go to. The head is seven feet long, and it's uh, the rest of the body is another uh, between seven and nine feet. So I was just like, "Oh, that's kind of cool. It's a snake-like creature." You know the waters. Um, so if you're interested in cryptids, definitely check that one out. Um, there was the Keelet, uh, it, which is just like a, it's like a, an evil earth spirit that takes the form of a hairless dog. Um, <laughs> then there was the, uh, the, 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 I almost picked this one, but I decided to go with the Adlet, but, uh, the Kuala Pollock, and it's, uh, it's a human-like creature with green skin, really long fingernails that it's uh basically if kids uh, parents told it to kids if they got close too close to the water it would pull them into the water because they were being oh, bad nice. kids and stuff it was kind of like for, and it goes way more so check that one out Do the kala pollock it's uh q a l u p a l i k but i had to settle on the adlet or adlay um it's spelled a d l e t and the reason i had to do it uh, is more for the backstory of it. I just had to choose this one, but so a brief description. Uh, so the, the, the creature has the lower body of a dog or like a wolf, like haunches, legs and everything, but the upper body of a human. So kind of like half and half, not quite like a werewolf where it changes, but you know, a half and half. And so the legend goes that an Inuit woman had relations with a dog and so she uh and she had relations with this dog many 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 times she had at least 10 children with the dog half of them were human half of the dogs and half were dogs 
So five and five. Yeah. So half and half. Yeah. So half were human, half were dogs. Uh, the, uh, the kids were too rowdy, the, uh, the dogs and whatever, they were too rowdy. So they were sent to a remote Island and, uh, where they could run wild and do everything. But after being, uh, over there, there wasn't a lot of food. It was a very remote Island. Not a lot of, not a lot of food or anything like that. So every day the dog husband would <laughs> swim to the mainland with a boot an empty boot around its neck where the adlet children is uh where the adlet children's grandfather would fill the boot with meat for the kids and then he would swim back to feed the the kids but one day the grandfather decided that he couldn't do it anymore. It was too much of a abomination to the family and everything like that, that his daughter had relations with a dog. Now they have, you know, dog children and adlets, half humans, half dogs. So he decides to fill the boot with big, heavy boulders to drown the dog husband. And the dog, this is how they refer to him in all the research, the dog husband. So, so, he, so the dog goes, turns around, not realizing that there are boulders in there and drowns. So after the dog, the dog husband does not come back. The, uh, the mother starts getting worried. And then it's been like now, like after a week or, or, or so, she's like, okay, he's not come back. He's dead. My dog husband's dead. So she panicked and she's like we got to get out of here because they people know where we are so she took all her kids back she took her yeah she took herself and all her kids back to the mainland and we're in you know sort of the outskirts of alaska and everything like that where they continued to breed and become these adlets uh, and and then that's when they became the half and half at, after that point, after they started interbreeding more with each other and other humans and blah, 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 uh, in these remote areas. And, uh, yeah, now they are said these half human, half dogs are said to roam the Alaskan frontier. So that's pretty much the, the whole story of it. They've been compared to, they've been compared to war, uh, werewolves. They've been compared to, uh, the black dogs of London um yeah. but yeah that's pretty much it they to this day they are said to these half human half dogs are said to roam the alaskan frontier i i am speechless i don't i've never heard of that so good find um i don't have a lot of words so <laughs> i first of all let me just say what a good dad <laughs> yeah really <laughs> i mean i'm just saying yeah. it's really good dad constantly <laughs> being Going back and that's, that's, that's love right there. And I don't, I don't even, I really have nothing. That's insane. That's ill and sweet and ill. Yeah. It, Great. It, I had the same reactions too. It's like, ew, but, but they really love each other. This dog and yeah. human and like this dog seems like he's swimming to the shore to get his, all his kids, me and yeah. Um, and, Damn, that's and well, I like. And part of me wants to know how it is. You know, there are boulders in there. It's got to be way heavier. 
But okay, it's that was you know what honestly great choice totally threw me for a loop. I never heard of that, and that is I ew and really sweet at the same time. So awesome job. Nice. I'm glad you like like I said because th these were all great, and I almost went with the clalapod because that that one also has a good story and it um and it almost siren like and stuff, but uh. Yeah, I'm reading this one and just like the detail of the story and just there was uh, like I got a really good mental picture of what it would look like. Just yes. description, the half dog with the haunches and everything like that. And it's like, like, again, my mind immediately went to a werewolf until I read more. And then it was like, well, no, because it doesn't change. It's just this is after they kept continued to breed. It was they were half human, half dog, which I never yeah. heard of, like never heard of anything like that. And I and just I thought it was just like a a really wild story and like and maybe so excited for this this ep this episode um i'm excited for all episodes but it was just there's so many great ones to choose from and um and they were all just so fun and based in this inuit legend it was uh yeah i'm, I'm so glad you liked it that was that was so good and, and i actually i just want to i want to remind anybody that's listening so if you want to draw us a picture you want to send us what you think this this thing looks like? Oh, please do. Please send it. Tell us we can post it. We'll post it. We'll share it. We'll credit you. I want to see all the fan art. You have any any pictures you want to submit? Anything like that? Uh, please do. Like Shay said, we will. Uh, you know, we really appreciate it. We'll put it up on the next episode. Or any questions or anything like that. Please just drop us a line at scareyourpantsoff9 at gmail.com. I bet we could get some really fun fun pictures yeah. of, of an adlet. That's going to be great. I'm very excited. I am. I am super looking forward to my haunting. Time for the hunt. Nice, nice. So what do you got for me then? So I have discovered, much to my dismay, that I have apparently been neglecting Alaska for the entirety of my adult life because I didn't know most of these things. And I'm really disappointed in myself because this is, I love this. And um, I stumbled across a couple really cool stories, a lot of like gold mines and um, saloons and brothels. And I narrowed it down to two. Now, the first one I was almost going to pick, but I didn't, is actually the ghost ship of Alaska. Very and it cool. can be seen off, yep, it can be seen off the harbor. And it's, I'm not going to get too much into it because it's not the haunting I'm doing, but Google it. It's amazing. It's a great story. What I landed on for my story was uh, the Jesse Lee Home for Children. Hmm. Yeah. Have you heard of that? Yes, not at all. So it's it's kind of cool, and I actually picked it because it's one of the few times that it's it doesn't seem to be a sad haunting. Oh, okay. It actually seems to be a light one, like a lighthearted, almost sweet one. Oh. Um, yeah, right? It's kind of... Cool. Very different, so I'm here for it. Hell yeah. All right. So um, the first Jesse Lee home, Jesse Lee's home for children was actually established in 
1890, and it was in Unalaska on the Islands. It moved in 1926 to Seward, Alaska. So this is where we're going to set up camp. We're going to actually stay in Seward, and we're going to kind of really dive in here. Um, it was thought to be a better location for um, transportation, which at that time was majorly dog mushing and so on, right on Phoenix Road. So the Jesse Lee home, unlike many other reportedly haunted places of this magnitude, the memories that echo down these corridors are actually really happy ones. The children helped grow vegetables and raise farm animals, and they were educated in not just academics, but in art and music. And they even performed on certain occasions. They put on Christmas shows and, and so on. So it's really, it sounds like a pretty cool, sounds like a pretty nice setup. So, and in 1927, a student by the name of Benny Benson actually designed the Alaskan flag. And in 1959, when it became an official U.S. state, it became its official flag. Very cool. Kind of cool. I, I vaguely remember learning about something with the flag on that in elementary school, but mm -hmm. that was a long time ago, so I don't really yeah. remember. So, um, this the Jesse Lee home seemed to average about 120 children at any given time, wow. um, but the enrollment records were never actually sorry never actually located. Um, obviously the numbers would vary because children would grow up, some were adopted, and unfortunately some would die of TB. A lot of these kids were here uh, not just because they were orphaned, but because their parents fell ill uh, during with tuberculosis and hmm. a variety of other ailments. Um, that just seems like a lot of kids for for, for Alaska too. Like, wow. It like, does. So in 1964, on March 27th, at 5.36 p.m., a 9.2 magnitude earthquake lasting four and a half minutes long would result in 131 deaths of Alaska resident, residents and injuries and, sorry, and countless injuries and also led to the destruction of many buildings, including the Jesse Lee Home for Children, a 9.5 magnitude can you imagine? That is like I've never heard of one that that strong. Like, no. like or, or never heard of one that strong that's hit a mainland. Like you hear about yeah. like the middle of an ocean, you they'll have like a crazy one or something. But wow, nine point two, like nine point two, and in four and a half minutes. Can yeah. you? That had to feel like hours. I I can't even four and, and a half uh, minutes. I mean, I'm surprised more people didn't die with that. Like, good thing if it, 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 Alaska is so remote with the low population. I mean, geez, 9.2 or whatever, 9.5 or yeah. whatever. Oh, my God. Jeez. So they would rebuild again in 1964 and this time in Anchorage. But the story of the sewer location does not end here. It would change hands a few times after being condemned. And after 40 years of sitting abandoned, it began to live again. Uh, that's when the claims of the paranormal stuff start started to begin. Uh, there were claims of disembodied laughter and of children playing and the sound of jump roping and music. Though it could come off creepy, obviously, because why wouldn't it sound creepy? But the overall feeling of passersby seems to be that of happiness. 
So whatever tragic event led to the children of the Jesse Lee home coming to live, the home seemed focused on healing the wounds and creating a joy, creating joy any way possible. So perhaps the children have come back over time to bring that joy back that its memories surely brought them. And that's that's a Jesse Lee home. And I, I just fell in love with that. It is it's tragic and so sweet and it's just so nice to hear that you know, these, these children that are going through these awful things are actually finding somewhere that wants to make it better and, you know, give them a little light at the end of the tunnel. I love that story. I love it because, like, again, just to your point, like, they're playing, they're they're positive, and it's like so many times, you know, we, we're into these hauntings, but it's usually a sad story. It's usually – and something happened, and then it's like there's always this sort of idea – that if they're if you're dealing with hauntings and spirits, there may be some sort of unfinished business or what or some wrong that needs to be righted or something like that. But here it just sounds like these kids they're just playing and just you yeah. know what I mean? like like they're not they're not looking for anything. They're just having fun being being kids and and whatever and. Wow, I, it's it, it's it's refreshing to hear something like that because you know, like everything is is usually so so morbid or dark or whatever, and um, and not there's not a lot of levity with a lot of these stories. But that's um, yeah, I love it, and uh, just just a fascinating thing. Like Alaska in general is like to me because, like you said, I, I guess I've been neglecting it as well. It's a fascinating state. It's a, it it really, it, and um, like, like when you were like 120 or 130 kids, I'm just like, that's, that's a lot of like orphans and stuff for, for a pretty remote area, um, yeah. which I would never expect it. Um, yeah, that was great. I loved it. I loved, I love that story. It's, uh, I'm glad I was hoping you were going to like that one. I figured it was a nice, a nice change, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's, um, yeah, it was cool to. Again, it's cool to to hear something positive when it's when it's dealing with, especially a haunting, because haunting has such a uh, a negative connotation. Just the word haunting. It does. And it really does. These are these are kids, and um, like you said, it's still going to be creepy. I mean, little ghost kids are creepy, you know. Obviously, and, yeah. You know, Ghost kids are creepy, and there's, a, there's something a little more inherently creepy about hearing a, a like a disembodied child's voice or something. And, and it, it comes to the fact that it's like children shouldn't die before adults. You know, I think that's yes. yeah a big part of it. It's like you're a kid, you should live a long and fruitful life, and then you hear about you know somebody. I mean, anybody under the age of thirty or even thirties young, but you know what I mean. You're hearing about that, and it's just it's inherently sad because it's just, you know, that, that person had so much life and, you know, it's cut short for whatever reason. So yeah, very cool story. I really, really like that. Yep. Really. Uh, I, I'm, I'm super glad you liked it. I'm actually, I, I will, uh, I will be paying a little more attention to Alaska, Alaska going forward. Cause it is, it is, it's so rich with history and just hauntings and, creatures and it's I, I love it but i'm uh what do you so uh i'm given that I'm, I'm excited to learn a little bit more about alaska what do you got for me for strange encounters time for the strange encounter 
So again, so much to choose from here. So much to choose from. And um, I had a lot of fun with this. Not as, fun, as much fun as I had with the cryptids, um, but I had a lot of fun with this too. And um, I was like, I couldn't, I, I kind of narrowed it down to two and I was almost going to go with it and I didn't, but I, uh, the Japan uh, Airlines, uh, where it was, uh, I'll just give a brief thing. It was, God, it was uh, 1986 or so. And this cargo plane uh, uh, from Japan, out of Japan, um, owned by Japan Airlines, uh, was flying over Alaska when all of a sudden just three UFOs appeared around it and um, stayed with it for 50 minutes, almost a full hour. Three, three different things, like one on each side and one behind it, just flying wrong, just, you know, and it's been confirmed by the pilot, the F FAA confirmed that they were UFOs, and it was, uh, there. there's possibility that even the um, the U.S. Navy knew about it as well, so, but All I right. didn't go with that one. But if you guys are interested, or you should definitely check it out. It's Japan Airlines uh, flight over Alaska. It happened on November seventeenth, nineteen eighty-six. It's uh, there's a lot more detail, a lot more. I just kind of gave a bare bones um, description of it. It's a really, really cool story that uh, you know has um, multiple eyewitnesses and witnesses, you know, high up in the government. But I didn't go with that. I decided to go with Mount Hayes. The Mount Hayes, which is in Alaska, it's uh, it's the highest point in Alaska, the highest mountain in Alaska, and there is supposedly uh, the Earth's largest underground alien base lies within Mount Hayes in Alaska. Okay. Yeah. So this is why I, I kind of had to go with it. Plus, it ties into some other um sort of conspiracies so any of our listeners out there that are conspiracy minded there's a lot of good stuff in here that you can do some sort of like side research on that would be a lot of fun if you're if that's your thing i love like i'm not a conspiracy theorist but i love learning about them personally because it just fascinates me and why people believe them and stuff like that so okay Mount Hayes. It was first written about in in the 1997 book Remote Viewers by Jim Schnabel. Um, in the book, Jim uh, details a man named Pat Price, and he was considered a remote a remote viewer. And the idea of, of remote viewing is that you concentrate, you put yourself into basically the state, and there's certain people that can do this, and they can essentially see what's going on anywhere in the world after some meditation and stuff like this. It was actually, this is, and this is true. We, this isn't even a conspiracy theory. The government tested this for years and years and years. Like this was the, it ties into the Stargate, the CIA Stargate project, which also uh, bleeds over into the MK ultra with mind control and how they thought LSD might be a mind control thing. And then you can get, even go into the MK ultra conspiracies with Whitey Bulger and all that. But yeah, so this was all sort of part of that. This, these, the, our government has done in, in not, you know, some are conspiracies, others are confirmed that they tested, you know, looked into mind control and, and, 
you know, demand alternate dimensions and this stuff. And this was one of them, remote viewing and psychics and clairvoyance. So that was a big thing. And they studied this for over 70 years, so over 70 years. This stuff is going on for decades. So Pat Price, he, uh, he was one of these remote viewers, part of um, the, the, uh, the Stargate project. And he claimed to see an alien base under Mount Hayes. And in fact, he claimed that there were four, actually four alien bases within mountains across the world. Um, Mount Hayes being the largest, but there was also, um, there was one, an alien base in Mount Perdido in Spain, um, uh, another one in Mount Zail or Zeal in Australia, I could not find the fourth, though. Obviously, Mount Hayes, for some reason, I don't know if he never, he just knew it, but he couldn't identify which mountain it was in. But supposedly, there was four. Um, but not only did he know about the base, he could describe the aliens inside the base. And in his description, they are mainly human-like, these aliens, but uh, they differ in from humans in in their the the makeup of their heart, the makeup of their lungs, the blood, and their eyes. The rest of it would have been identical to a human, but yeah, they differed in those ways. And he could tell he knew that the aliens used a thought transfer and also uh, uh also um psychic like readings of minds, but a thought transfer to gain control motor control of your body. So they could actually control your body, but they also telepathically, I couldn't think of the word for a second. They could all, they could also communicate with you telepathically. So basically they were in your head. You were, you, you weren't even talking, you were having a conversation in your head and they were following along. Um, so that was it. Uh, as far as his descriptions, he's never, he's never actually been there. Not many people have. It's in this really, really remote part of Alaska. It's part of the Alaskan triangle, which I'm learning every part of the world has a triangle. Now it's, I mean, yep. there's one in England, there's uh, Europe has their triangle. We have our Bermuda triangle. We have our Bridgewater triangle right near us. Um, every, everybody's, uh, you know, and, and just so people know out there, it's not a perfect triangle. It's not like, it's no. like, Oh, boom, boom, boom. It's the, they, they take like the sort of outskirts of these sightings and, and encounters and they kind of make a triangle and then they call it the triangle. So, um, but yeah, so it takes place in there and just, I did write down the Alaskan triangle. If anybody's interested, it, it's goes, um, Anchorage to Juneau and then up to Barrow. So, and that's how their, uh, their, uh, Alaskan, those are the, the main points of the Alaskan triangle. Then, um, just about this Mount Hayes, on top of that, on top of what was supposedly seen by Patrick Price there, um, uh, the alien base, there has been a real lot of encounter, a uh, real lot of sightings and weird, um, weird things going around this Mount Hayes that people have seen. Um, not uh, one of them, uh, not long after uh, after Pat Price's account in 97, 
uh, was, and it was caught by, this was actually caught by specialized cameras at multiple angles. So it was multiple cameras at multiple angles. They caught a UFO or UAP, un unidentified aerial phenomena, um, hovering above Mount Hayes. And then all of a sudden it could, um, so hovering, not that weird, helicopters can hover. But this thing could also go in reverse, which our, none of our aircrafts can do, uh, to our, yeah. unless like a government that we don't know about, but not, uh, as the public, we know. And then, um, and it could just, it didn't, when it moved, like took up, or it had no ramping up speed. It was just like instantaneously going super fast, up or down. And at one point it dropped like a real big distance and uh it was estimated you know after they did it uh, through either through eye, uh, the eyewitnesses or what they caught on camera that that drop the the thing dropped at a speed of over mach one when it, wow. when it did it, which is yeah it um which is uh unheard of we don't have you we don't have vehicles going mach one or anything like that and mm -hmm. um yeah, since since then, there's 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 been other claims of other weird sightings um, around there as, as as far as like in the sky, as well as um, people have claimed to see some of the Bushmen out in that area too. Which you know, some people tie together the cryptids with aliens. You know, might be some sort of you know connection there. Um, but yeah, uh, that's that's essentially Mount Hayes. It's just, uh, it's a real, um, oh, and then one last thing. Yeah. There's also, and this has been reported by government agencies. Um, cause, um, so, you know, we have satellites in space. So does the Soviet Union. So do a lot of countries. Um, but there has been reported of, um, malfunctions and stuff on our space satellites when they're above Mount Hayes or the Mount Hayes region or the Alaskan triangle as well. So, oh, wow. yeah, so Mount Hayes, it's just, uh, that's why I picked it, because it's just kind of like a, uh, seems to be a real hot spot within Alaska. And like I said, there's a lot of great other ones in Alaska. You could pick from a bunch, like Japan Airlines. But yes, that is Mount Hayes. That is, that is so interesting. That's, it, so they're almost, I heard, I just want to make sure I heard you right. They can, you say they were able to control people? telepathically yes, yes through, that through is, telepathically they could take control of your motor functions so it's like a like a telepathic symbiote it's it, yeah like that's crazy that's that's terrifying it's awesome it's a great story and it's and it's funny because as you said that you couldn't find the flaws i'm like well i'll give a quick google see if maybe i can catch something nothing yeah right that's so, crazy no i yeah. i love it and i i love I, I totally believe that there's four, uh, however many uh, bases like this in mountains, because it's, I mean, it's a great hiding spot. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm totally here for it. That's, that was great. That's terrifying and awesome. So, wow. Yeah, I liked it too, because like, because it, like I said, for our viewers out there, 
even if like aliens aren't your thing, it ties into so many other sort of like they're like on the peripheral of the story with that project Stargate uh, and just this guy. I mean, the way that we came to know about this place is through remote viewing. And it's like this story had, I, I felt like it just had a little bit for everybody in this, in this one. And it was the reason I went with it. Cause it's like, there's a lot there's a lot of really moving parts going on and um but yeah it ties into a lot of a lot of weird conspiracies and and whatnot so i uh yeah no i loved it that was awesome great job that was that was an awesome choice and yeah it's that's freaking alaska who knew i know right i mean it's like you said it's like i I just never knew there was so much stuff going on and uh, it, this was a lot of fun doing this episode. It's I was so I was I was excited about it for like a super nerdy reason doing Alaska cuz I'm like oh cool 30 days a night maybe there's you know and I I didn't realize what I, what we would be diving into and how much just how much there really is it's, it's it was it was awesome. Um, Which, 30 days a night yeah. great movie by the way. Yep. Great great movie. Great movie. That was that was my kid's favorite movie when he was like five or six years. I I, I'm, I'm a crappy mom, I guess, but uh, yeah, he loved, that was his favorite movie at like five or six years old. That was all he wanted to watch. Like most kids want to watch Toy Story. He was all about it. He's I 16 now, so you know, it's okay. So he great. survived. That's great. But um, I don't know. You got anything else for me? No, no. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Join us next time when we set up camp in Louisiana. Until then, happy camping. Bye. Thanks, guys. As always, our hosts would like to thank you for joining. If you enjoyed the program, please be sure to like, follow, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Find us on Instagram at ScareYourPantsOffPod, no spaces, or on Twitter, ScareYourPantsOffPodcast. Or send us an email with questions, comments, and fan art to scareyourpantsoff9 at gmail. See you next time.